My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Anthony Trucks. He's the founder of Dark Work, where he coaches and consults in the area of identity. He's also the host of the Awe Shift podcast. <laughs> welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to come chat with you today. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, yes, yeah. your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, uh, my life story or like the podcast story? Um, the story leading up to you starting your own business and starting your podcast. Ah, all right, cool. Uh, so I, I'm a speaker by trade. So that's kind of why I was like, what do you want to tell you? Because I, I talk a lot. Uh, but no, I grew up as a kid that went through craziness and I, I navigated life like we all do in different situations, giving away and all the stuff was adopted by an all white family, went through the journey of that, navigating identity, eventually turned into a professional athlete, played in the NFL football. After that, went into the realm of coaching, consulting and speaking after my first business of fitness, I kind of moved beyond and then found that I love this idea of talking, sharing and having a message to give to the world. And so it transitioned into me eventually going, I want to reach more people, have some reason to talk to them. Uh, but it turned into a podcast because I don't know how someone do that. Like, you don't just reach out like, hey, can I talk to you? Whereas a podcast gave me that intro point. So I, for, you know, last 500 episodes, something like that, have had an opportunity to talk to great people and find out what allows them to have those, the success from the awe shift moments, base and identity, identity shift. Um, what are the awe shift, good awe shift, bad moments? And what do they do with that to find some level of success in their life? That's amazing. I'd love to hear, how did you, how did you get into this? We'll call it dark work. Mm, well, we all have done dark work. For me, it was like 15-year-old kid where I had this window of time where I, I just tried football at 14, was horrible at it for two years, and then had a window of time where I go, I want to be great at this. I just desired to be great, didn't know what to do. So I started doing things that I wasn't currently doing that were opposite of my current identity. And so I started doing it. The more I did it, the more successful I got physically, the, the better I got mentally. And so I exited a window of time. I call it emerging. And I had this mentality of I've done too much work in the dark to lose in the light. And I think that's the big powerful piece of the world is you've, you've done this stuff. So you become the person who does these things. And so it was like accidental at 15, whereas now it's intentional. Like we may sit like you, you and I may sit back at some point behind the scenes and do work that is not sexy, very hard, misunderstood by many, sometimes ridiculed by people. But it's that work that develops a skill set and a sense of identity of me being that person. So I show up in the light and I shine brighter than the rest of the world. And so we've all done this and we all continue to do that. But, but I want to make sure I anchor down to the point of realizing you're not just doing it just to get some outcome. You're doing it to become somebody who can create those outcomes anywhere else in your life. What does how you handle or how you do your dark work now? Or Okay, sorry. Let's, let's restart that. Restart. <laughs> so doing your dark work when you were 15 versus how you're doing it now, what are the differences? What did you learn along the way? What were you doing yeah. wrong? Great question. So back at 15, the cool thing was, was a clear defined goal, right? Because I'm 15, I want to play football. So it's clear. I've got to work out. I've got to lift weights. You know, I've got to run routes. I've got to catch footballs. That is that dark work. And no matter what it is, it's very hard because it's not typically things you do. 
It was out of character for me. And the out of character is hard for people to press into. And so the clearly defined goal and what was still difficult was like having to do things that were going to be, you know, things that were not normal to me. However, it was physical. As I progress through life, we all get older, you find a couple of things change. One, the goal becomes a moving target sometimes. Maybe it's a financial goal or it's a, a goal for my relationship or a goal for my health. And there's always these dancing goals we got to figure out. We're not always clear on them. So sometimes we're just like seeking some in the dark, but it's not it's not glowing enough to know what to go towards. So clarified goal is one big thing you got to find. Other part of it is that the work changes in a sense of before was physical. Physical is actually sometimes, in my opinion, easier because I show up, I do it, and I don't have to think about it. The thinking is the hard part. Right? So my world now, the dark work is, is reading and researching, writing, creating, having to organize thoughts and ideas, courting my calendar, my schedule, and you know, having to make sure I'm present with my wife and my three kids. Like these little nuanced pieces, they become a little more difficult than just show up, physically do it, and, we, and leave. Your brain's involvement actually draws so much more energy. So I find as we get older, most people, that's the hard part. They go, I can do it physically, but it's hard to focus for a full six, eight hours. You know, it's hard to be able to be present with these people. It's hard to have the patience for something. And so my dark work now is more mental than it is physical. It's emotional, it's spiritual, there's no spaces. But those little nuances allow me to do more work, to get more work done. Therefore, I get to have more things later. And not only that, but I, I identify as something more because I do not believe you can have a dream that's above your current identity because that identity does things that you don't do. So they have things you don't have. So if you don't do it, you don't have it. So part of it is the mental leaning into doing those things so I can have those things later. Very interesting. When you're helping your clients out, do you ever realize that like, you're like, oh shit, like I have more shit that I need to work on within myself? Oh yeah. Or do you feel- hundred <laughs> percent. How do you yeah. handle those I mean, kinds we're... of situations? Well, first I own it. I think it's a big thing. So there's a process you go through. It's, it's uh, we actually have a, it's called the dark work experience. It's an actual process we've created that guides you through this journey because it's a neurological to psychological patterning you have. As an identity, it's it's rooted in who we are at our brain somehow, right? Psychologically, neurologically. We're wired by, by experiences from the past. So if like a dog bit you and it didn't bite me, if you see a dog, you might freak out, I might not. Same stimulus, different response because of past experience. So I go, well, if I want to do something different, well, I got I to adjust the experience I have. Now, if I haven't had the experience, all I got to do is own up and go, okay, I don't know how to do this. I'm not doing it very well. Let me improve in this area. A lot of people would call that shadow work, right? It's like, let's see in the shadows, which is great. You got to see what to work on. Dark work is a work you do to fix what you found in the shadows. And so that's now where I can step in. And so for me, I'll notice things and go, oh, I... I didn't realize that was a way that I communicated or did those kind of things. Let me work on that. And so the first thing I do is I drop the ego and I go, all right, I'm not perfect here, but I want to be great. I want to improve in this area. So I do what's called respecting the light. If I want to be in the light in some manner doing whatever that is later, if I don't respect, which means have admiration for, I don't actually work towards it. I won't improve it. So when I am shown an area that I'm not doing great, I respect that. I go, okay, cool. I have admiration for the fact that maybe I'm not the best communicator in this area. Maybe I'm a little bit harder on my daughter than I should be. And maybe I'm a little bit nicer to my son than I should be. He needs to be hard, right? Whatever it is, I can step in and go, all right, I need to work on this for Ant. Let me step in and do some things. But I'm okay respecting the light, dropping the ego, and doing the dark work. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's a dumb question, but how long does it take to, let's say, I don't know, let's say, let, let's use your example where you, you know, you're too harsh on your daughter, but you're too nice on your son and you need to flip it or something. How long does it take to get yeah. through something like that? You don't get through it. You just, you manage it differently. And I don't know if through is the right word because you, you won't know the moment you've gotten through, right? As it just happens, like there'll be a moment you wake up and look back and go, oh, 
I don't do that anymore. What I have found, however, is 90 days. Like it's like that 12 to 13 weeks, a weird space where it kind of the things that you did that were hard to do now become effortless effort. Like they're all like, I'm sure there's things you do now, like this probably podcasting. It's like, I'm sure in the beginning it's a little bit clunky, a little bit weird. Now you can just hop in and do it. You probably don't even think about the fact that it was difficult before. And so the idea is like, it just becomes more of a normalcy to you. And that's the journey of it all. You find out how you're doing things. You go, I'm going to change this. It's hard in the beginning, but you consistently stay ingrained with it. And you might have some habits where we'll call it uh, physically. You can get used to the habit. It feels like a rhythm to like how you do things, but you don't always emotionally connect to it yet. It takes around like that. It's like 10 to 13 week window. I've noticed with all my clients that it settles into their being. Eventually it's now who they are. They're a more peaceful person. They're a lighter person. They're more communicative. And it's just like, it's a natural part of who they are now. Now they can step into the next thing they're supposed to work towards. So it's not like a, I, I said, it to, okay, six weeks, we're getting through this. I'm going to be a better dad. Boom, right? It doesn't work that way. It's like, look, what are the things that I must do in the dark? Again, unsexy, difficult, and no one's cheering for me. No one's watching me. Only I celebrate for me in the dark. Those things, how do I do those in time to where over time I eventually emerge and go, all right, I'm literally a different human. I do things differently. It's like a second thought. So what was hard before to even do becomes hard not to do. I'd love to talk a little bit about optimizing your identity. What does that mean yeah. for you? How do you go about doing that to achieve peak performance? Yeah, well, if you think about it, like I talked about, if we look at how we perform in life, performance creates the outcomes, right? My performance in on a stage is what allows me to get booked for speaking. You know, my performance as a coach is what allows me to get paid. My, your performance as a podcast host will allow you to grow the, the business and get more guests, right? So performance is tied to your identity. If you think about how uh, we work, a lot of us, we do we just kind of live our lives. We do things. We're not always presently aware of how we're doing things. I, I, I say it's who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are. Now, that is done through many little ways, but it's always done through like things we experience, the way that you were raised, the way that you navigated how you were raised, how you perceive and frame situations, all this stuff works its way in. But usually it happens one of two ways, either on demand or when crap hits the fan. For most of us, it's it's haphazard when crap hits the fan. Something goes sideways. I got to solve it. I got to fix it, right? So we're like in this mode of like fixing things or navigating things, or I want something. So I just do whatever I see in front of me to get it done, but I'm not calculated in my actions. It's not done on demand. So when I talk about optimizing, optimizing says, hey, I put something out. It was doing its thing. I took some feedback from what I noticed. And I said, where can I improve this? So what I do as a human, I go, let me step back from my identity, see what it is. All right, I see some areas of opportunity here, 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 and here. We have 10 areas. Here's the areas of opportunity. All right, I'm going to work on these two or three. So I'm actually choosing where I'm going to optimize my identity. And so that's the dark work you do. That's the things I step into that are not done for the world to cheer. Because if you do it for the world to cheer, one, you might not do it because the world doesn't always cheer. And two, if the world all of a sudden stops cheering, you stop getting the drive, right? So I don't base things off other people. I want to do something where I look in the mirror, just me and go, hey, I'm proud of you. So I choose those things. I do that work. And over time, I'm optimizing my identity that then turns into how I perform. As an example, if I say, well, I, I don't like people. I'm a poor communicator. If that's part of your identity, it's interesting to go, oh, I want to be a podcaster, but maybe you do. I want to be a podcast interviewer, right? Well, now you have to work on liking people and you got to work on <laughs> communication skills, right? That's yeah. going to be your dark work. So when you do that work, now you perform differently so you can actually be able to have higher outcomes later. But it all ties to optimizing that segment of your identity so then you can perform at the level you need to. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm inclined to ask just because that's something that I personally struggle with. 
how do you help people overcome things like procrastination? Oh, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's a matter of falling in love with the flow because procrastination isn't, it's, it's not that you don't uh, want to do it. It's that you haven't noticed or found the joy within the thing you're doing. So we, what we typically do is go, all right, I got to do it. I don't really want to do it, but it has to be done to get there. So I'm going to find ways to either like just lock my brain down or I got to go, man, I got to just, you know, find a way to find joy in it. And it's, it's really, it's not the easiest thing, but I found that for me, I seek two things. One, I seek a way to allow myself to find joy in the situation. So for example, there's things I hate doing around the house, but my wife's like, I need you to fix this take, whatever. I'm the handyman. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I will seek and find good albums I want to listen to so I can have good music while I'm doing random handyman stuff. It allows me to find joy in the thing I don't want to do. Putting away laundry, same thing, right? So I'll procrastinate because I don't find joy in it. But if I find something I can make it have joy, it X makes it easier. Other part of it is whenever I'm leaning into someone procrastinating on, I, I actually allow myself to understand how much time I can give to something that I don't want to do mentally before it drains me for the rest of the day. So I will choose certain things. I may have a stack of things I don't want to do. And I go, all right, I really don't want to do that. And it's, I've been putting it off for two or three weeks. So I'm procrastinating on, you know, I'm going to throw it in on this day because there's nothing else going on that's hard that day, but that one thing will be it. So I'm going to throw it in. I'm going to get it done. Then I'm going to go watch a Netflix show. Like genuinely, I do this. And so like, I'll put things in and I'll knock it out. And sometimes you do have to settle in, but here's the cool thing most people don't pay attention to. Usually you over, overwork the idea. Like I look at emails, it's like I got 20 emails and I go, it's going to take forever. And then I sit down and do it and it takes like 15 minutes. I'm like, why was yeah. it like a 20 hour <laughs> deal in the head? You know, like, <laughs> why did I see that? So if you, what you do is you settle in and it's cool because once you lean into it, you find the first 10 minutes, like that it dissipates, you get into a flow state. And all of a sudden you're just ticking and clicking and going and oh, it's all good. And all of a sudden it's done. And I go, why did I take so long to do it in the first place? So for me, it's like, I just, I lock myself in. I go into that moment in time and next thing I know it, it melts away. And then I come out lighter. I got that thing done. I can move on to the next portion of my goals or my dreams without the weight of whatever this thing was I'm procrastinating on. Very interesting. That's a very good point. I mean, it's a lot of the tasks that we have to do are so easy it really only takes 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's just a matter of getting around to it. Okay, I have to sit down. I have to open whatever it is. I have to actually do it. It's true. I'm I speak from genuine experience. I'm, I don't make things up. I go through my own head and I go, what did I mess up? Why am I struggling? Or my clients I work with. It's, but we're all human in this. And it's a battle we have to figure out. It's just a matter of, are you willing to lean in and do it? And if you are, you find that, again, even the thing we're talking about, I look at it also as we all have these big aspirational goals, but then we we don't realize that we aren't normalizing ourselves to the lower goals to where the, the next one becomes even an option. And metaphorically, if I say I want to hold 10 logs because 10 logs could be, you know, impacting millions of lives, making millions of dollars, getting millions of downloads, right? It's 10 logs to get a hold. Well, if you are tired at three or four and you put the log pile down, you're never going to hold 10. So the idea is like, all right, this sucks. I don't like this, but I got to find a way to normalize. So this three or four gets light. Cause I got to put six more on here, you know? And so for me, when I feel the weight of life, I go, well, is, is this the level I want to stay at? Cause if it's not, I have to find a way to get my brain to take a breather and step back in and normalize to this. Cause if I can't normalize to it, I'll never have the more that I actually want. You can't complain about having a lot on your plate when the goal was to eat. Yeah, that's it. There you go. So what keeps you motivated? Uh, two things. One is the, one is like a love for making people happy. I genuinely enjoy when I give to the world. There's a, a feeling where 
I get filled up as I pour out. So I don't actually like I do things and I'm not tired and like, oh, I hate that at the end of the day. I love my work. I love talking, sharing. I love this stuff. Genuinely, it, it fills me up to do so. Other part of it is a fear of leaving this planet, having not done what I'm supposed to do while I'm here. I don't know what that is, but I just I live in a way where I go, I can't just sit here and do nothing because I'm supposed to be giving to the world. I don't know what that thing is, but if I'm ever going to find that's going to happen because I keep moving and I don't want to show up in front of my God later on him go, hey, man, uh, had a really cool task for you, but you never reached it. So for me, I, I work in a space of making sure I'm heading towards that thing consistently and it keeps me going. I could see that. I could understand that. What do you wish you knew back when you started that you know now? Um, what I wish I knew back when I started back. Uh, I wish I would have known how important it is to be incredibly integrous about everything you do, not in a bad way, but uh, and, and it's it's more so because I would have changed how I would have talked or interact with certain people in life. I've always been a guy of high integrity, but I, I wasn't big on sometimes the people around me having it because I go, well, as long as I got it, as long this guy's a little wishy-washy, so is she maybe. But like, I could deal with it because I'm a high integrity guy. And so I wasn't a big deal. I was like, I can do it. But I realized mm -hmm. like, no, every single person you interact with or work with in this industry, no matter what it is, I will pay more to work with a person that I feel like has high integrity, holds good lands and standards. I don't do well with guys who make fun of their wives or cheating their wives or vice versa for women. Uh, I don't do well yeah. with people that that curse. I don't, I don't, it's just not my thing. And so it's not that I don't like them, somebody I like, but it's like, I I wish I would have known that the, the world is full of those people and they, they're they not always the ones you want to work with, even if the promise could be amazing. I could do this for you and be here for you and do this for you and we'll ignore some of the, the red flags and signs because of what the opportunity could be. And I just, I wish I would have known earlier on how to be able to hold a line and go, no, if it doesn't trust, like my gut doesn't feel good about it, I'm getting a red flag, not doing it. Would have saved me lots of money and lots of time with funky people. But now at this point, like I get it. So if I could pass it on, it would have been that. Like if I, like nowadays there's people that get like the first interaction of weirdness. I'm like, ah, we're good. <laughs> I move on. Like I don't, I just don't <laughs> spend time there. I have the time to spend. And so, yeah, that would have been the thing early on. I would have liked to have like paid attention more to. Have you noticed a change in your business since you started operating from that standpoint versus before? Definitively. Yeah. yeah. Cause you start realizing that people, there's going to be things you can't plan for in all aspects of business, whether it's my podcast editors, whether it's going to be my team with coaches or even clients, you know, you never know, but there's always those moments that, are, that arise. And when you're in the trenches with someone that has integrity, it's way easier to navigate, but those are inevitably going to come. And so for me, yeah, when I make those hard lines, two things, one, I find the right people, but also the right people know you're the right people. So like they show up for you different. There's better camaraderie. People pull through a little bit more than they typically would if they're, you know, some people just cut and dash pretty quick because it's just, I don't want to deal with this. Or they'll take money and run. And so I go, I don't, I, I would much rather find people who my, my spotty senses go, it's a good human, man. Like the way they said that, or the way they responded to their email, or you just, you saw a post or something, you, you can see through sometimes who they are and I go, I like that person. That's why I'm going to pay more for that person because problems are expensive, man. Some problems yes. can be very, very expensive. You know, and so I don't, I don't want to deal with them. So I'd much rather have the aspect of like, I'm going to invest more now, but I actually make way more later, whether it's an impact or an income. Because you're staying true to yourself. You're staying true to what's important to you and your values and your morals and the people you're working with see that. Yeah, it's pretty much it. It flows out, man. And you can't hide it nowadays. There's too many videos, too many things. There's too many ways for people to see the chinks in your armor. So if it's not genuinely you, it'll get shown. So for me, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't play with that. I don't, I don't like to be around or even associate with people that are wonky. So I just don't do it. I keep pretty tight <laughs> to my lane of the humans. I'm with. 
and it works. It works for me and I, I love my life and I have no complaints and it goes smooth. Love it. Love it. What is your focus going to be for 20, for the rest of 2023? I know we're, I think we're basically done with quarter one. Yeah. I think. <laughs> we are. I think, so. I think we're at that point now, close to it. Uh, so sure. things, one is, yeah, one is, is uh, it's the podcast and the launching of the dark work podcast, which can be a, a nuance compared to the, the awe shift podcast. So it's just going to be dialed into that. And then outside of that, it's just expanding the, the, the brand of dark work. You know, we actually did a whole brand workshop to actually kind of get it out to the world. We have some Amazon clients we're doing some consulting for here in July. And so just more bringing it out to the world and creating a cool little thing around that, bringing my daughter in to help with like, we're going to do a, an actual apparel line of it. So we're going to be like sourcing products, looking at cuts, getting that done. But it's going to be fun to like do it with my 13-year-old daughter because she's always loved to do the little fashion things. So, uh, but yeah, that's the next, yeah. Besides that, being a dad and being a husband, I think there's... There's a lot more to me than what I do on this, this thing's here. And, and it's for everybody the same way, but my life actually physically by the hours operates in a way that shows that to be true. So when 245 hits, I get my kids, I'm dad, I'm coach, I'm dad. I, I live with them. I do. That's what I do. And my time shows that. So for me, the rest of the year is just making sure that my kids know that dad is dad, not dad is a coach or dad is a speaker. No, dad's my dad. I love that. I love that. So is that how you keep your balance between, you know, between work and families? 245 hits, you're done? Yeah, I don't even call it balance. No, it's it's just like a good harmony. I mean, there's times that I'm gone for speeches, times I have to work at night. Like just if I, some I got to get down, I get my laptop out and write some emails, but you know, there's a harmony to it. And yes, so I, I get up in the morning and do a 630 to seven morning routine with my with my son. I have twins, so he's 13 year old also. We do, a, we just finished it a little bit ago. We do a whole uh, morning routine and we, you know, have like a prayer and a gratitude. We do some meditation and it starts the day every single weekday. And so that's the time we spend there and then they go to school and then I'm here pretty much from like eight until 2.45, that window of work. I'll get more done in those six-ish hours than most of will get done all six days of the week. I'm just dialed. I do the dark work. So I dive in and I get things done, but it allows me to get more done than most in less time. But it also allows me to show up to my life later in the day present without thinking about all the work I have to do. So because I've organized my life in that manner, I can be in harmony. So I'm present where I'm at. So I'm here present with you, not worried about anything else because everything else is where it's supposed to be. That's actually really smart. I really like that. I really like that because that, that makes so much sense. If you have everything done at a, in a certain time, you can show up way more present and way more focused on the next thing that you're doing, whether it's spending time with family, spending time with friends, doing dark work, working on yourself. I love it. I'm going to have to try yeah. that. I agree. I recommend you do. <laughs> Thank you. With all your success, what is your biggest challenge today? Uh, biggest challenge today. I think it's deciding how many, uh, how big of a bite to, ch- to chew off, you know, to, to bite off and chew, we'll call it. Cause it's a lot of things I can do, but then something has to be sacrificed. So while I can do a lot, I can grow a lot. I can, I can reach a lot. I could do a lot, right? Because there's opportunity out there when you're actually giving to the world in a high level. But at the same time, it's all going to have a price, right? Am I going to have to take a, an extra hour away from my family? Am I going to have to, like I, this last weekend, I had a speech and I didn't know it was an overlap. But my son has his outdoor debut for his freshman year of college. And he's had indoor and I saw that, but then like I couldn't make it because I had to do a speech in DC. So I was like, man, it sucks. I don't, I hate that. It's going to bother me for a lot of years. Now I got to see it. He's not, no one's worried about it but me. But like, that's the one thing that I, I think I stick on is like, how do I make sure as I look at the opportunity, the opportunity doesn't actually jeopardize the things that matter most to my heart. Mm-hmm. 
let's cover your podcast now. So it's called Aw Shift. <laughs> yep. What's what's the meaning behind that name? How did you come up with it? What was the intention yeah. behind starting the podcast? Well, I found there's always moments in life. So it's all about how successful people make shift happen, right? So it's remove the F, you get it. And I look at it, and it's always moments where things go crazy, right? It's ah shift. This is amazing. I couldn't just more than I expected. I handled it well, or I didn't, or ah shift. This sucked, and this is what I did with it. But every person that's successful, they've navigated those moments. There's been moments of like, how? What do we do? What do we do? How, how do I handle it? And it's like a freakout session. And then yeah. they do something different than most people would do, and they get something different than most people have, which is usually positive. And so for me as a podcast of kind of just diving into the stories of people and going, well, tell me about that moment. I want to hear about it. Like what happened? How we get there? What we do after that? What do we do before that? How that was a lesson you extracted and what'd you do with the lesson? And so that's kind of the, the goal of the podcast is to get that information from people. And so we, we dive in and have cool convos on things they don't always talk about with most people, but it's really kind of finding out those areas of, of opportunity for them that they found and utilized and capitalized on. Interesting. Do you ever do solo episodes and talk about your own moments uh, where you were like, ah, oh, shift? <laughs> I do. You will yes and no. So I have a podcast called the Shift Starter Daily. It's a solo daily seven minute podcast where I hop on and just talk about one random thought for seven minutes and it goes out to the world. And so that's the one that is like the solo podcast, but I don't have solo episodes. The Dark Work podcast, I think I'll have a couple more because the way that that's configured is different of an experience for the listener, but that'll be one that uh, has a little more solo stuff to it, I'm sure. I'm sure it's very encouraging and inspiring to have, I mean, both podcasts, but primarily the Oz Shift one, just being able to hear yeah. about other people's mistakes and how they overcame it and where they are now as a result. A lot of times things have to yeah. get worse before they get better. Unfortunately, it's truth. They do sometimes. Everyone wants to fix it now, but I go, oh, you got to go down a couple more notches. You got to pull back in that, that bow stream a little bit if you want to launch out somewhere. But yeah, it, it's, uh, and it's, interesting to uncover because I think what people can listen to is go, oh, wow, if I would had that happen to me, I don't think I would have responded that way. But now that I understand how that identity did, I understand how that identity has that. I'm trying to uncover that really, to be honest. Like I want people to look at it and go, oh, wow, okay, they handled that way different than my brain would have even considered handling that. And they makes their brain unravel and actually think and see and like you get these new perspectives. It's like, oh, wow. So now someone listening can go, well, if I tried something like that in my future opportunities or situations and you can, that's the whole purpose of it. But that is what's, you know, to be able to, in my opinion, be able to tie back to someone's success. I completely agree. Because I mean, that's, that's why they're successful is because they're doing things differently than everybody else would. I'm going to have to go and listen to the podcast. I feel like I've been having yeah, a lot of those off shift moments lately. <laughs> <laughs> Go tune in. Maybe we have guests on there. I think this week, who is this week's? I think we have Laura Gassner Odding releasing this week. She's good. She's awesome. It's uh, it's called Hell. Oh, what is it called? Hell Wheel or something or Wonder Hell. It's called Wonder Hell. When you have success, how to make it feel like like it's good? Because some people have success and it doesn't feel that great. So her her yeah. book came out recently. It's called Wonder Hell, and it's her story of that. I'll have to listen to that episode. Good just one. got a couple more questions before we hop off. What have some of the biggest challenges been around growing your podcast? Uh, I think it's finding out how to actually connect to the audience, you know, because you don't always get like to interact with them. It's most of the time they just download and they go. And a lot of the times I don't even know people are listening. I found out recently my daughter listens to my daily episodes in the car with my wife. I'm like, cool, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I like it. No idea. She said, I don't know how she started getting them, but she gets them now. So I'm like, dope. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I think just connecting with the audience, you know, and so what I choose to do is think through 
kind of human. Like I try to play the devil's advocate. The way I even record, record the episodes, I don't have any questions prepared. I show up and just have a conversation. But I've learned to develop the skill set of being curious and asking from the heart of a person who is curious and trying to get some information. So I, I try to put myself in the place of that person every time I record. And I find that that connects to people's hearts who are listening a little bit more than it used to probably two years ago, because now mm -hmm. it's like, I'm trying to place myself where someone might need some help or want some guidance or need some insights. So I ask questions from that position in that place, almost devil's advocate sometimes. And while doing so, I help, it helps extract. And so I get more messages after like, oh man, thanks for that question. I needed that answered or thanks for this guest. I love their perspective. And so all really is, is just me framing because that person, they love their perspective, but that perspective came from a question that I asked because I was thinking about your heart. Mm. Very interesting. On the flip side, I guess, right? what do you love the most about podcasting? People, man. I get to go talk to people all the time. I get to like this. I, I had no idea I was going to meet you today. I was like, I'm just going to hop on. Somebody's in the podcast. Here we go. You know, I don't have a clue. <laughs> but I, I like to sit in my home and meet cool humans. Because that's the beauty of life, man. The best and worst part of life is the humans. And so mm -hmm. I'm not going to you know, dwell on the negative because people exist. But I'm going to love it, enjoy and embrace the positive. And so I love the fact that I get to hop on with people who love talking about things passionately. And so I get to be in that, that energy for the hour I'm there. And that's a lot of fun. I completely agree. I've met so many cool people just from all over the world that I never would have been able to meet without this. I agree. All right. I've got one last question for you. If you had to give okay. one piece of advice to anybody who is trying to optimize their identity or they're trying to start a podcast, what would that one piece of advice be? Oh, it's very, very simple. It's do the dark work. Sin. I think we we all want to shine in the light, right? But some people shine brighter in the light. The ones that do are the ones that did the harder, longer, dark work. And so that means when you get to that edge and go, should I read this next article on this guest? Or, you know, should I edit this way? Or can I just not write a caption for this? What's the what's the I just I want to get it off my plate? Don't do that. Like in that moment, tell your brain, like, no, I gotta I gotta do a little more. My college coach told me it takes a little more to be a champion. And it's a yeah. little more than you want to do typically. And if you keep doing that, you get great. But that's what true dark work is. It's the stuff that is what everybody else won't do. So that when you come to the light, you're fueled by something different. I call it dark energy. Like you're depositing every day this energy to pull on in the light. So when I'm in the light, I draw on that darkness in a good way. It's it's a sometimes aggressive, right? But it's a, it's a good way because I go, no, no, no. I spend way too much time working on this to not kill it today in this podcast. Let's go to work, right? And you bring that energy to it. And so when you've done that, that's how you'll shine the brightest. All right, Anthony, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody's looking to get me. in contact, it was a pleasure. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Uh, Instagram, at Anthony Trucks, straightforward. All right, thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.